Hi, I'm Randallin. I'm Jennifer. And we're people talking about people. People Talking People is a part of the Wander Barn Podcast Network. You can check out other great podcasts on travel, yoga, health, and business over at wanderbarn.com. That's W A N D E R B A R N.com. Hi, Jen. Hello, Randallin. How are you? Great to see you as always. I get to see you. They just get to hear you, but I get to see your face right now. It's lovely. Well, thank you. I do admit seeing your face every Monday morning, afternoon-ish, what what would you call one o'clock? Lunchtime? Seeing your face every Monday is my favorite part of Monday. Oh, good, good. Well, that's great. And I think this is a great, lovely um, conversation to kick us off because today we're talking about boundaries. And you and I just had a little little pre-conversation before we got started here around what we wanted to talk about. But one of the things that we highlighted with boundaries is that, you know, there's there's a lot of them. And we're going to be talking about a couple different specific things, one being relationships um, and the other being a little bit more around personal. We'll kind of get into what that means, goals specific and everything. But I just have to say, because before we get started, You pointed out to me that in my long list of things I wanted to talk about, the only thing I didn't have on here was how boundaries are seasonal. And I said to you very specifically, I think this is like a Randallin theme or trend. I feel like this is a thing for you. So then we started talking about seasons and why this is important to you and how you like to watch your plants bloom and hibernate and all this. But I just wanted to highlight that here we are, we're talking about boundaries and we're talking about the value of being very aware from a seasonal perspective of where you are in life. So although we're going to talk about it in the conversation, I'm highlighting this right now because I want people to remember the little Randallin word and it'll probably come up in like every podcast now as we go forward seasonal. But I think that's important because I want people to start thinking about what does it mean for them from a seasonal perspective? Where are they at in their life? Whether it's boundaries or whether it's you know, personal career growth or health and wellness, like what is going on for you that seasonally you need to be sort of checking in on and assessing yourself and figuring out where you're at. So that's like a small derailer right there, but I just think that's super important. So I wanted to throw it out there. So thank you for that share early on in our conversation. I love that, Jen. I do. Maybe my next tattoo will have something to do with the word seasonal or be like a tree or a flower or something. Now that you're- I love it that out to me it became very clear that that is a word near and dear to my heart so lots of things to think about now but I can think about the reminder I'm sure the people don't need to listen to me process what my next tattoo will (laughs) I'm sure they want to hear us talk about boundaries who we need boundaries for why we need them how to reassess them and I'm sure there's more things that I'm forgetting but I think that's enough to get. Yeah, that'll get us started. So why you kind of kick us off? I mean, I had mentioned just in conversation a little about relationships and personal, but let's just sort of talk about first, like what types of boundaries that we need and I mean, maybe why we need them at all. Yeah. I think a lot of things people think, I guess I'm going to back up a little bit. When I started trying to set boundaries, I felt like they were closing me off from something. I didn't necessarily understand that they were, they they exist to help protect you from something instead of close you out from that thing. Like they're not a bad thing, they're a good thing. Um, And so 
before even diving into the conversation of how to set boundaries, I just want to take a second and get your thoughts, Jen, on why boundaries are a tool instead of a maybe like drain something that you feel Mm -hmm. negative towards like why there's something that are positive and helpful and supportive in your life journey of going after your dreams and your passions that's such a good question uh so let's do our best to answer it it's kind of like this idea, you know, I say delegation is not a dirty word, right? So here we are, we're harping on like the negative sometimes. Um, why can't I just say no, you know, harping on the negative, some of this type of stuff. So what I love about this question is it just sort of forces us to flip the conversation a little bit. So yes, boundaries means creating, you know, in theory, like drawing a line and creating some space or something along those lines. But focusing on the positive of it, I think is going to be extremely important. So instead of thinking about what am I saying no to be thinking about what am I saying yes to? So I give this example, like when I did the delegation conversation around every time you're choosing not to delegate, you're taking an opportunity for someone else's personal development away from them. Think of it the same way with boundaries, right? So every time I choose to not say no, then, you know, what is the impact or what's I'm robbing from myself, you know, basically. So Think about instead of like, I don't want to be scared to say no, what are you saying yes to? Think of all the positive pieces, flip it around. What are the things that I'm saying yes to? And kind of that way you're, it'll split that context and be a little bit more positive. Um, anything you would add to that? I think you said that beautifully. I'm going to kind of dip into how we set boundaries a little bit in my answer to this question. I think we often think of boundaries as something that one is negative and two are for other people they're not for us like they protect us from other people not protecting our time or our space or our energy or our own mental health or any of those things so what's been really helpful in my experience with learning how to set and uphold boundaries because it's really easy to say oh i'm gonna stop doing x or like i'm gonna start doing y like identifying a boundary that you need to set is the easy part like setting it and holding yourself accountable to that is where it gets hard so what i found to keep myself accountable to boundaries is making boundaries that automatically give like positive reinforcement to me so whether it's saying no to something and then immediately after I say no like if it's to spur of the moment plans when I'm just really tired as soon as I say no I'm gonna go pick up one of the books that I'm reading and loving like I'm gonna go reward myself for saying no by doing something that I know I'm gonna love and that has made it a lot easier to say no, even if they're not spur of the moment plans. If I just know that by Friday night, I'm really exhausted and the last thing I want to do is like go out with a friend, Monday morning, I'm going to say no and Friday night, I'm going to celebrate that and that's okay. <laughs> so when you start kind of trying to hold yourself accountable to these boundaries, find ways to celebrate the wins as you make them. It'll help kind of like get those first initial reps in and make it a lot easier to continue on with that momentum because you're getting positive rewards. I think that's great. So thinking more about the positive side versus the negative side and then rewarding yourself for taking the action and doing something. So I think these are two really great things to kind of keep in mind as we 
start this conversation because let's be real, it is hard. So have that in the back of your mind, you know, what are those positive rewards and how are you going to celebrate your own successes and say yes and be focused on the positive as we kind of move through this dialogue, which can sometimes feel that, you know, a little bit negative or something along those, like you said, pushing people away or something. We want to kind of keep our mindset away from that. So that's great. I think that's a good way to start this off. So with that said, you know, when my notes, I had written down this kind of relationship piece, which typically comes up, I think a lot within work, but there's also home and friends. There's, you know, a whole slew of ways that boundaries show up with relationships. The second component that I think people don't talk about enough, which is actually where I want to start us is around that more personal. So for example, how much time do I want to give to my career? You know, so it's not necessarily about an individual, but it's more about a thing. How much time do I want to give my career? How much time do I want to give to this activity? Something along those lines. I feel like this is a little bit of a good one to start with only because it removes some of that negative feeling of like, oh, I'm going to let Sally down because I'm saying no to her. No, this really truly is all about you and setting it up for setting yourself up for success. So I just want to hit on one or two things with this and then we can shift over to the relationship piece. But for me, Randall, and one thing that jumps out when I'm thinking about kind of setting those more personal boundaries and career is a big one, I think for myself, especially I work from home, my office is in my house, you know, so having just even that physical boundary of the office door to have closed is huge. It makes a big difference for me, but what's the thing that gets me standing up at five o'clock and turning the computer off and walking out and not coming back and just working, working, working forever. Right. So there are definitely some, some things that I personally have experienced as far as ways to kind of think through some of this. So I wrote down a couple of notes. I'd love to kind of get your thoughts too. But for me, one of the most important things to really be thinking about is to identify what boundaries that you even want to have. It's kind of like goal setting a little bit, right? We can kind of think about it and draw a line a little bit towards goal setting. But if I'm not really clear around what I want that boundary with my career to be, then I'm not going to be able to not only achieve it because I don't really know what it is, but I'm probably going to be doing a lot of that sort of like whining and complaining. Like think about the person who's sort of perpetually, Oh, I'm so busy or, Oh, I'm so tired. Or, Oh, I work so much. Or I can't believe this. I can't believe. Well, take pause. Like, have you even had a conversation with yourself around what would be ideal? Like what would it actually look like to be done effectively and to be done well? To me, this is a huge starting point. I love everything that you said, specifically the points on what does it mean to be done effectively and well. We've talked about kind of hustle culture before, and I think so many people just get in this like cyclical rhythm of like, I have to work harder, I have to be better, I have to do more, I have to do everything and say yes all of the time. And when you take more and more things on you can only allocate less and less time to each of those things because you only have 24 hours in a day and 24 times seven not good at mental math hours in a week and so on and so forth um so when we think about the things that we really want to put time and effort and energy towards because we value the outputs that we're going to generate from those activities, whether it is work or family or relationships or like health goals and fitness, like we have to make time for those things if we want the outputs to achieve the level that we're envisioning for them. So 
I love that concept of putting it into focus around like, what do I want to do really well? And what am I okay not doing super well? I'm kind of going from there. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about in the beginning too, because every time I say yes to something, I'm saying no to something else. To your point, there are literally only 24 hours in a day. Like we can't make that up there. We can't pull more from there. And there are certain things that just have to get done. Like for example, sleep. I mean, you know, maybe once in a blue moon, you can pull an all nighter, but the older you get, the less likely that is anyways. <laughs> but you know, what do you- An all nighter as is, so. <laughs> but what are you robbing, you know, yourself of when you make one choice versus another? So I can sit here and I can choose uh, to work 12 hours a day. And I can even say that for my career, maybe I say that's what I want my boundary. Like I want to work 12 hours a day. Maybe I say that for some crazy reason, but then that means there's only 12 hours left in the day. So how am I going to actually allocate the entire rest of that time? If I need to sleep for seven hours, great. I need to eat for a certain number. Maybe I want to shower in there. And oh my gosh, I have a family too. Like, what does that mean? What? So really kind of thinking about it from that perspective. When I choose one thing, I'm actually potentially taking away from some other stuff. And I, I think a, a good visual way for people to do that is to actually get out a piece of paper and write down the number of hours in a day and really map it out. Like if I want to do one hour of this, two hour of this, and actually map that out and see how many hours that adds up to. I think a lot of people would be shocked right out of the gate to realize wow, I'm either allocating a lot more time than I realized that I had available, or maybe the opposite is true. Wow, there's a lot less time. And then if that happens, the big question is why? Does that mean you're, so you've got, you've allocated all this time, you have four hours left in your day that are completely unused, but you know you're using them up. So then it's like, I need to have a real conversation with myself about what I'm doing in those extra four hours that I, like, am I sitting around and binge watching Netflix and somehow I forgot to put that on my checklist? Like, yeah, but I think it goes for both directions. So really doing an exercise of sitting down and what being intentional, what do I want, you know, those sort of like goals to be, what does it look like to have healthy boundaries? And then how would I map them out on actual hours and like looking at that and staring at it to figure out what, what do I need to do next? Given this information that's in my face, I think that's a really critical or key way to start. I should say key way to start. I love that. Even if it's less of kind of like a structured daily routine. Like I'm in a place right now where my daily routine looks different every day. So I kind of set boundaries on a weekly basis and I say, okay, here's, you know, I need to give 30 hours to this client. I need to give 10 hours to this client. I need, you know, to sleep X amount of hours over the course of this week, whether that happens because I actually sleep the same amount of hours every night or I like lose here and gain here and like it all evens out at some point um so sometimes depending on the season we're in in life for lack of a better word those boundaries are going to look a little different day to day but that doesn't mean that at the end of the week you're going to sit down and you're going to say i didn't stop running for a single second and i absolutely hated that like this is a boundaries are about taking control of that time and optimizing it so that you don't feel robbed at the end of the week when you're like, what even happened? Evaluating and reevaluating and reevaluating and reassessing. Yes, I love that. So yeah, whether you do it weekly, daily, it doesn't do it once and never go back and do the exercise again, but have that, that moment with yourself where you're having that honest conversation around what does this mean? Like, what does this mean for me? And in my season, when am I going to come back and reevaluate it again? Like, is this something I'm doing once a month? Is this a once a quarter? Like, where am I at in my life? And what does that kind of look like? 
I just so although there's oh yeah go ahead um I just want to touch on that for a second especially on the season because I think what I've learned is that we all go through seasons of life but not everything is entirely new every season on the usual one maybe two things will kind of change as you go through and shift into new seasons but it's not every day that you wake up and your entire life is different than it was yesterday so when we think about these boundaries I like to sit down and think about the things that are going to be consistent and what a consistent boundary looks like and that way when I check in with myself I can I don't have to think about the consistent boundaries I only have to think about the two things that I was maybe really focused on or trying to like gain a little bit more control over consistently feeling robbed in so whether that's my sleep schedule or you know me time or work free weekends like whatever those things are that I'm have been struggling with like those are my focuses on that boundary like spectrum the next time I sit down to reassess my boundaries instead of having to sit there for an hour and say well how do I think things are going with my family or my friends like I'm comfortable with those boundaries and nothing there has really changed so in order to kind of optimize my time and make this boundary assessment as quick as possible so that I can stay on top of it, I've kind of broken them out on like what am I focused on and what is just kind of like setting or simmering in the background. Perfect. I love that. I think that's a good tip for everyone. So anywhere where you have that consistency, anywhere where you're feeling good, that gut check where it just feels really good, or where you know you have really great habits in place. Like if you have a killer morning routine, don't reevaluate it. It's totally fine. So if you have that consistency, if you have that habit, that's going to be the key. So I love that. So so there are certain things you don't necessarily have to go back into. But I think what's also important about what you said is you're not going to wake up every day and be like, wow, today is completely different from yesterday. And think about the, where we're at right now in the world. So, you know, back in March, 2020, maybe it was like that. There was a period for a month where it was like every day it was like, what's going on? What's new? Like how long are we going to be out? Like there was a lot of that kind of chaos and confusion and driving a lot of conversation and change within us internally. But now let's face it, we've kind of hit a stalemate. Like we've all been a little bit stale for a while doesn't mean you shouldn't be checking back in because there are other things that you need to be really just having a pulse check on because one from a day to day, it might be like, Oh, I'm only working. I'll use a weird example. Like I'm only working five extra minutes today than I did yesterday. And then next thing, you know, you know, a few weeks later, that's turned into, you know, an hour's worth of time or something. So those small little things will kind of creep up on you. So even though you feel like nothing is changing right now, it's just as much of a good time to be going back, level setting yourself, reevaluating what's important. And you know, what do I want to do with that information? Jen, I love what you said there, and maybe it's worth discussing what it, how to kind of monitor the rules versus the exceptions. So we do live in a world that's crazy and unpredictable, and there are times where we kind of get thrown for a loop and things have to give a little bit, but what is a good way, or what do you think is a good way to kind of make sure that when things get a little crazy, we're not throwing our boundaries out the window. Just because we step away from them for a day doesn't mean that we have to start the process all over again. So what have you found super helpful in getting back on track when things do go a bit awry? Good question. So 
I would say as long as you have a really good process that you've done, hopefully more than once and is a little bit repeatable, that's going to be the best thing to set you up for success. In addition to potentially having like an accountability partner. So maybe it's just even like a friend or a family member who's doing the same thing as you like, Hey, we both have issues with boundaries. Let's sit down and talk about what our boundaries are. And then you have that person that you can, you know, point to and you can work together on essentially sort of calling each other out. Like, where are you at? What are you doing? Um, but some of the notes that I wrote down, I'll just kind of skim through this really quickly because I think it answers your question well. So we talked about identifying those boundaries up front, really getting clear about what they are. Document them for yourself in some manner, whatever feels good to you, whether it goes into your phone, into your calendar, whether you write it on a piece of paper or post it, it doesn't matter, but something that where it's like you've documented it. So it's a little bit more tangible. You can touch and feel it. It's not just this thought in your head because thoughts in our heads can quickly float away. Communicate it or share it with others. So again, it, maybe it is a friend. It's an accountability partner. Maybe it's a partner in your house. You just want them to know, hey, here are my boundaries. Maybe it's a coworker, your team, et cetera. But something about communicating it and sort of getting it out there in the appropriate way will help with that level set. Plus, it will automatically have people sort of asking you and checking in. The more you communicate outward, the more people will be like, hey, how's that thing going you're working on? Like, it just sort of happens innately. So that will help as well. And then it allows you to also put some structure around it. So this could be checking, you know, having a reminder on your calendar of I need to do this at this time. Like it could be literally related to the boundaries or it could even be a 30 minute block for reflection on how my boundaries are doing. Right. So you can use your tools and your resources as some of those check-in points uh, for yourself. That just helps with like the limit setting and all of that, but rules versus expectation or excuse me, exceptions, I think is really important in this world that we're in right now. I think it's very easy for people to say things are great. Oh, great here. I'll give you a good example, right? Um, social media right now, uh, everyone out there, kids were, we're struggling us moms. We're all struggling, right? The plop the kids in front of the TV. We we're working. We, what are we going to do? I can't do anything. It's okay. It's okay. Everyone's sort of coddling each other and sort of providing this encouragement and this okayness for a temporary period of time where we're working, the kids are home, they're not in school, there's all this drama going on, like how do we do this well? And, and it is okay, right? It is okay to have these moments of, it's, they're gonna sit in front of the TV and watch a show for a while and I'm gonna be okay with that because I know they'll still be good at the end of the day. But at what point do you sit back and look back and go, for the last 10 years I've let my kid watch 10 hours of TV all day every day of their life, what happened, right? Now that's a weird extreme example, but I think we're hitting that point right now where we need to sort of pause, take a deep breath, take a step back and really assess where we're at and figure out what other tools and resources can we pull on? What other people can we ask for help on? Um, what can we do? And not everyone's going to have a good answer right now. A lot of people are going to be living in exception mode for a while, but if they're thinking about it and they're not sort of allowing it to be a permanent state of mind for them, I think that's important. So is it okay to say, I still haven't figured it out, but I'm working on it? Yes. Is it okay to say, I know I'm in exception mode right now. I'm going to give myself till December 1st, and then I'm going to go back. Great. Right? So again, continue the conversation, have the conversation regularly, be checking in with yourself, get an accountability partner if you need to, but just the act of getting started here where you're writing some things down, you're being more intentional, all of those are going to help a little bit to get it started. So sort of a long-winded answer, but that's my thought. I mean, do you have anything else that you would maybe add from what I said there? I love that. I think one of the things my mom was really good about it, 
about when I was young, and she's still to this day really good about it with my brothers, is we were homeschooled. So school for us took three, maybe four hours max, and then we had all day to read or do whatever. But what was really important for us and I think set some really good habits for me personally around like technology we weren't allowed electronic time until our schoolwork was done so we could get up in the morning we could watch one show while we kind of like the rest of the house woke up and then it was like we I, we were off the tv so we were either building puzzles or doing school or reading like we could do whatever of those things that we wanted but we weren't allowed to have our electronic time back until our schoolwork was completed so even now with like video games and all of that stuff my little brothers will get up and do school every day of the week so they can earn electronic time because they know they're not allowed to play on the ipad until they've done at least five subjects in school so i think there are things you can be flexible with things, but you can also put kind of like stipulations on that flexibility, whether it's around technology or whether it's like, okay, I know because I get so absorbed into work once I'm doing it that I'm not opening my laptop until I've had breakfast, I've done my dishes, I've had my cup of coffee, and I feel like, you know, I've been up for over an hour. Like I've, I've been able to enjoy my morning instead of rolling out of bed opening my laptop and not drinking my cup of coffee until 11 a.m. when I'm like, why am I so hungry? Oh, wait, I never had breakfast. Like, it's just like really easy things like that where you can build habits around the things that you kind of get snagged in, like those exceptions um, to make sure that they don't become a routine. I think that's perfect. And I love those examples that you just gave. And I want to add a few more because I think this is helpful for people to kind of maybe put themselves in, you know, put it in their own shoes in their own context. So your technology example for yourself was great. People, I tell people all the time, like you're having trouble sleeping or you're watching too much TV at night. Don't even put your phone next to your bed. This is like a thing everyone does, right? They put their phone next to their bed and they sit there and they scroll in the feed and maybe, and then when they wake up in the morning, they grab it. Do I get any emails? The next thing you know, they're like texting and emailing first thing in the morning. Like you haven't even barely had a breath or probably a glass of water, you know? So just try something different. Like put your phone by your coffee pot or something so that at least at a minimum you have to get up and do some other things and your phone is over by your coffee pot. Set a, turning all your technology off, literally powering it off before you go to bed. That way it's not an easy grab first thing in the morning and you have to actually go do some other things. Same thing with work. Like if there's a priority, set that priority, set that intention in the morning, work on that project. Don't even turn email on because you know the second you turn email on, you're going to get sucked into email, right? Um, kids, another good one. Like my daughter has a bunch of chores she has to do. And she just, for some reason, uh, we just kind of got in this mode, right? It's exception mode where we're all at home. Things are fine. It was like, we would let her room get a little bit messy and it would get messy and like, Oh, it's just, we're making an exception. Just work on cleaning it up later. Like it'll be fine. Next thing you know, it just turned into this now almost new rule and new habit. And I think I told you this story. I made her clean her room by herself and it took her like eight hours on a Saturday. And I know people listening to things, that sounds horrible. You made your poor child clean their room. Yes, I did. I made her clean her room for eight hours. She was fine. I gave her snack breaks and she actually learned a lot from the experience and she didn't whine or complain that much because she knew it needed to be done. And we had this really good conversation as to why this was important 
why she was doing it and why she was, how she was setting herself up for success in the future. Like it will not be messy again. And by the way, has not been since that moment in time, because now she knows I need to keep my room cleaned and organized so that I can access the things that I want to play with. I mean, she couldn't even find some of the toys and stuff that she wanted, right? She can access the things that she wants to play with. She can do the things she wants to do. And then the other stuff is that can be as soon as your chores are done, you can do your fun things, right? Fill in the blank. What's fun? Is it listening to an audiobook? Is it, you know, whatever it is, but whatever is considered to be fun for her. But you have to do your chores. You have to do your schoolwork, all this other stuff needing to be done first and kind of setting that expectation. And it's fine for her. Once you do that, I think it's totally fine. It's just a matter of getting started. And I think whether it's you're talking to children or we're talking to ourselves, it is that level set conversation up front as to what is it that I want this to look like? Why is that important to me? And the why, 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 like digging into the why for yourself a little bit too, will be really critical so that you can set those relationship boundaries. You can set those career boundaries. I love that. Jen, I know we're wrapping up here and I think this is a really good spot to close because we talked about a lot of things today, but take, I'm, I'm going to list two takeaways here. They kind of go together and maybe you can do a better job of like wrapping them up for me because you usually do that. Um, we talked about, or you highlighted the concept of seasonal boundaries, what it means for us, how we go about changing those and addressing those and assessing them on a regular basis to make sure that we're still having the time and energy that we need to do the things well that we want to do really well. So on that note, it can be really overwhelming when you think about like listening to this conversation. If you're like, oh my gosh, I need to set boundaries in seven areas of my life. Like what am I like that? I'm terrified of this. And it can be really hard to kind of take that first step, have that level step conversation when it feels like a big monster or an iceberg that you're like, I have no idea where this is going to end, but I know where it starts. Um, so I would just encourage you guys, if you're thinking about boundaries or assessing boundaries, or you feel like something in this conversation hit you and you're like, that's what I needed. That's what I need to do. That's my first step. Just take that first step. You don't have to set 700 boundaries. Like just set one boundary, move your phone. Don't turn your computer on until 9am. Like whatever that first really simple thing is. And it might not feel simple, but when you can start being diligent about the, the baby boundaries, the bigger ones get a lot easier. I think that's perfect. And I love your idea of just starting with, with one simple thing. I think that's a really good, people often forget that they feel like they got to do it. It's like all or nothing. And that's not the case at all. So start with small steps, baby steps for sure. Uh, Randall and I'm going to throw something out there for us. I think we've just barely scratched the surface of this, which we, you know, that's usually how we go, but I think we need to do a part two. So I'm going to challenge us here to do a part two to this because I would like to also hit a little bit more on relationships. And I'd like to get into some of those work boundaries, you know, boss, employee, some of that type of stuff. I want to talk a little bit more about the ability to say no. I think that's one that a lot of people kind of struggle with. So I think we have some more things we can hit on. So let's plan for part two. So if you feel like you're tuned in, you're listening, this is great information, but would you want more? Don't worry. We have more that we will be bringing to you. So that's my, my ending there. How about that? <laughs> I love that. So make sure you guys hit subscribe, follow whatever platform you're on so that you can hear episode two of the boundaries conversation. In the meantime, before we release that though, you should all head over to wonderbarn.com. 
That's W-A-N-D-E-R-B-A-R-N. Check out all the things about people talking people and explore some of their other podcasts, which are just as awesome and fabulous as ours, if not more, because they're much cooler people than we are. So we will see you all soon. Um, and we connect with us on LinkedIn. Tell us what kind of boundaries you want us to talk about in episode two, and we will make sure to do that. Thanks, everyone. Bye.